0: and responsible gaming resources.
1: You're listening to BGN
2: Radio. Why would you listen to any other <laughs> Eagles podcast
1: <laughs> with John Stormus and Brandon Lee Gout? Welcome into BGN Radio. This is episode 66 brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, Michael Kiss, and I'll be joined shortly via telephone by the incomparable Brandon Lee Gout and May He Forever Reign. He was there live at the NoviCare complex for day three of training camp for the Philadelphia Eagles, which was the first camp practice with pads on, so there was some thumping going on. Some guys laid the wood, some guys got lit up. I'll talk about all that with BLG and more here in a second. Quick reminder, follow BGN Radio on Twitter at BGN underscore radio. Five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts for the best Eagles analysis in the game is much appreciated as always. We're going to have you covered from every angle throughout this process. Like I said yesterday, as I looked at the schedule for this feed, we are in... Full swing for the football season. So, a ton of content coming your way right here on Bleeding Green Nation. And not just training camp either. We have talks in coming with Derek Klassen from the Football Outsiders 2019 Almanac, Evan Silva of his new shiny website, run.com part two of the KNS Eye on the Enemy installment of the Rams coming. All that and much more coming your way very soon on this feed. Keep a close eye on this feed and follow BGN Radio on Twitter so you don't miss a thing. All right. Day three of training camp is in the books. BLG was there. Let's talk with him about how it all went down. BLG, first day in pads at training camp. How did it feel here in the cracks again? Uh, It's good, Mike. Uh, It's really kind of like the
2: first day of training camp. Truly, you know, when the pads go on, the other kind of days are, the first two days are almost like glorified OTAs really still because there's no pads. There's there's none of that contact. So uh, it's good to see the guys getting pads. There was some physicality to practice. There were some adjustments when the pads went on in terms of how players looked so uh a lot to get to
1: yeah absolutely and normally we would start on offense here but i need to talk to you about my breakout (laughs) player for 2019 Uh, Sidney Jones, who got some starting reps, apparently with Rasul Douglas and uh, with Avante Maddox working in the slot. I saw that Jones had an interception today, and from my vantage point, which was admittedly (laughs) watching a Toy Story marathon with the wee baby Augustus, uh, I got to say he looked fantastic. Uh, Has he made you a believer yet?
2: Not yet. Not yet. Um, (laughs) But he's definitely trending in the right direction. Uh, I want to give Sidney Jones the credit. Now, I will say, you know, his pick did come on a play today where you know, Nate Sudfeld is rolling out. He's feeling pressure right in his face. He's kind of just chucking it up down the field. From what I saw, I think a, a good, accurate pass, you know, from Sudfeld gets Matt Collins for a touchdown. Like Sydney Jones did get beat. Disagree. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Mac had to slow <laughs> down. And, you know, Sydney now, now to Sydney's credit, I think he did a great job of fighting for the ball in the air because at that point it was like mm. a jump ball situation. And, you know, Mac's not a small guy. He's like 6'4". He's tall to kind of be in that situation where he's jostling for the ball, going down to the ground as that's happening. He made the play. Like, credit to him for really staying with the ball and making the play there. Uh, he did get beat, I feel like, in the first place. But again, you know, it's just a training camp rep. It's not everything. But it wasn't just that play either. He had a couple other breakups. He had one on, in a one-on-one drill with Deshaun Jackson. It was a short route, but still, uh, Sidney had good timing. I think that's the thing I really took away, too, from mm. Friday's practice with that breakup he had to the Mark and Michelle Attempt from Wentz is just that he's really breaking well on the ball. Like he's seeing the ball mm. when it comes out, and he's breaking on the ball, and he's getting to it, and he's contesting it right away. So that's something uh we know Sidney Jones is good at: is those fast feet. That's positive, and that's encouraging to see for sure.
1: A click and close, as they like to call it, getting there with good timing, good placement with the hand. So I'm going to edit up all the negative stuff that you said <laughs> and uh make sure we make them <laughs> sound real nice. But speaking speaking of the corners, uh, the Eagles brought in veteran cornerback and long time Dallas Cowboy Orlando Scandrick in for a visit today. Scandrick spent last year with the Chiefs, allowed only an 81.1 QB rating when targeted, which was his lowest since 2012, but remains unsigned to this point. He has a bit of an injury history. BLG, what does the Eagles interest in the 32-year-old say about what's going on with the cornerback situation right now?
2: Yeah, uh, I think it's clear that uh, Craven LeBlanc, you know, our good friend Strapp, uh, I think he's clearly hurt. Uh, he was seen in the locker room with a walking boot on, and on the rollabout. Mm. Um, Jeff McLean is saying that uh, it doesn't seem like it's serious as something like an Achilles. Like he kind of ruled that out, but it's serious enough for the. And I don't want to be clear, again, He said it was not that serious. I just didn't want, didn't want right, right. anyone to take it uh, that uh, just the wrong way. Uh, it seems so. It's not as bad. You know, I don't think it's a season ender necessarily. Although with the Eagles' medical staff. You could really, truly (laughs) never know anything. Um, But that's the expectation right now is that it's serious enough to keep him out for some amount of time. And, um, you know, it's not shocking that the Eagles would look at some more bodies here because, like we talked about, On Friday, Mike, you know, they had Malcolm Jenkins taking second team nickel reps. Like, that's not something you really need Malcolm Jenkins to be doing. Ideally, (laughs) like, give those to someone else who can eat those up. And that's why the Eagles put a claim in on Alex Brown, the undrafted rookie free agent uh, who was with the 49ers, and also why they're working out Orlando Skandrick. Just, you know, those are kind of slot guys who can kind of eat up some of those reps and potentially compete for a roster spot. I think ideally, you really do not want Skandrick on the roster. I know, uh, I guess he was better last year, you said, but, you know, he just has not been really that great. Uh, It's not an ideal option on the field if you can help it. So hopefully, you know, uh, Craven, you know, isn't seriously hurt and he kind of, can get back, and if you sign Skandrick, it's kind of just more as a, a thing to kind of eat up reps.
1: Yeah, so we'll see how that situation works out with Skandrick. He also worked out with the Vikings per Mike Garafalo. So we'll keep an eye on that. We'll update you. You know, also with Jalen Mills starting the season or the camp on, on PUP, the depth is a little bit light there. Even though there's, there's a ton of corners there, so trying to get healthy in the defensive backfield yet again. But before we get to the uh, the offensive side of the ball, I want to keep it on the defense real quick. I do want to highlight the fact. Again, that this was the first day in pads. So we got some hitting. And side note, we also had our first puke of camp with undrafted free agent guard from Penn State Ryan Bates up chucking during the practice session. Uh, but BLG, who did the thumping and who got thumped today?
2: Yeah, I think the Bates thing and uh, some of the thumping is just a kind of a reminder that like, you know, training cramps are a grind. <laughs> it's not easy. It's physical. It's tough. It might not be as tough as it used to be when they had two a days. And and back in my day, as the old players would say.
1: Well, even Brian Westbrook pointed out, he's like, I I don't miss training camp whatsoever just because the physical toll it takes on you.
2: Exactly. So that's just kind of a reminder of that sentiment. But yeah, Josh Adams got popped for sure. (laughs) Andrew Sandejo came flying off the edge. Uh, You know, Adams is a big target too, just like being a big guy and running to the outside. You know, he's not the most agile player so he's he's trying to bounce a run to the outside and sandejo just comes like flying off the edge just like and we know sandejo is a physical player too he he yeah. has that you know uh background and that reputation as one of those so i'm sure he'd love to to, to get that in and then later, uh, later yeah later on in practice i mean boston scott uh you know ben Salak's own boston scott just got his just like just got <laughs> his like head knocked off basically Um, By Alex Singleton, who is kind of a a sleeper name to watch when it comes to the roster. You know, he's definitely one of the long shot guys, but he had really good stats in the CFL. He was like a tackling machine there. He just like racked up a ton of tackles playing for the Canadian Football League. So kind of an interesting one to watch. And that's a, now that's a cool play to watch in terms of, well, not if you're Boston Scott, obviously, but if you're a fan, <laughs> um, but the coaching staff doesn't want their players doing that, especially like they're doing thud. They're not doing full on tackle. So they don't, they don't yeah. want you like laying out someone uh, on, on almost like a blind side kind of hit where, you know, Boston Scott just makes a, a quick catch in the flat. And then you have <laughs> Alex Singleton laying him out. But Hey, I mean, if we Singleton, you know, he's going to need to make some standout plays to make the roster. So uh, to see him kind of, physical there is a nice sign for him yeah i heard he was popping people hey
1: let's get our daily update on carson wentz before we get into too far the weeds here So I have some notes here from what you and others were tweeting out during the practice. Uh, One I had was bad for the brand, which was Carson threw a pick. The other one I had is good for the brand. He threw it to Camus Grugier-Hill, who we hyped up yesterday and expect to take a step forward and see him have more snaps in 2019. So that's both good and bad. Uh, But we also have to reset the counter. It has been zero days since Carson Wentz overthrew Deshaun Jackson. But it wasn't all bad from Wentz today, though, right?
2: It wasn't all bad. He definitely had, uh, he connected with Dallas Goddard a couple times. One was a one-handed catch by Goddard along the sideline. Another one was another one where he found Goddard about 30 yards down the field. He was open, but he still made the throw. And by the way, very encouraging to see. The Eagles continuing to open 11 on 11 with two tight end sets out on the field. So, very positive. I'm liking that. When I see that, again, I still need to see it in the regular season to believe like they're going to do it. (laughs) But to see it in practice is nice and encouraging, and I feel good about it. I feel hopeful, and even just beyond the twelve personnel, I mean, Goddard was being targeted a ton. So again, all very good developments on that front. As far as the Carson Wentz front, uh, not so good. I think it was easily his worst practice of the entire off-season when you combine you know OTAs and training camps so far. Uh, so I think it's time to cancel the season officially. Uh, so the heavy heart that you know I, I deliver this news. <laughs> Uh, so sorry about that, everyone. Um, season canceled. You know, if, if I'm looking at it here, I'm if I'm theorizing why Carson might have struggled, I mean, it was the first day in pads, you know, maybe just being in pads again and throwing the ball for the first time in, you know, I don't know, a very long time. I guess really last time he played, I would think, back in December or so, uh, that, you know, it's just an adjustment, you know, getting used to throwing the ball again with the pads on. So uh, I think that's what the optimist would say. Or also would just say that it's just one practice. But the deep ball thing, you know, is kind of, you know, concerning to a level of like, okay, you know, we want to see him hit on those. It wasn't just to Deshaun either. He missed uh, Austin Jeffrey as well today. Uh, And even some of the throws he had over the middle of the field, I can remember one to Shelton Gibson, who was open. And he kind of just threw it like way too high. It didn't need to be that high. And Gibson couldn't hold on. So that's just kind of an issue we've seen with Carson Wentz in his career, really, just kind of throwing it on the high side a little bit too much. I got a bunch of responses to the tweets where you know he was making those overthrows, like, oh, Carson can't throw the deep ball. And that's just not true, at least statistically. Like, that doesn't bear out. Uh, I was looking at a Football Outsiders post that I think got posted just like a day or two ago, and Carson Wentz was eighth best, I believe, in passes of 21 yards or more in terms of accuracy percentage. Meanwhile, Nick Foles, who gets, you know, a really good reputation, I feel like, anecdotally at least, for being a deep ball passer, only ranked like 22nd. So, you know, the numbers don't necessarily bear that out. I know we've seen that issue with the eye test. I think, you know, you have to always marry those two things together. Uh, I definitely do want to see more accuracy from Carson. And I'm hoping, you know, if I'm, again, if I'm looking at it optimistically here, I'm just hoping that it was either a bad day or just getting used to the pads being on. But that's definitely something we need to see moving forward, you know, is is getting that kind of ironed out and being able to hit those open receivers, you know, because those are big plays to be made.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I have Wentz here from Pro Football Focus just where, you know, we're reporting it over different reporting sites. Pro Football Focus has his adjusted completion percentage on deep balls. At 11th and he's been higher before with that as well so it's not really it's not really a concern. I've seen those concerns too and I think they're a little bit ridiculous and uh, maybe they're listening to too much uh, sports talk radio and I don't want to slander sports talk radio they get it right sometimes. <laughs> anyway, I also saw that you know some of the points that you were bringing up made me think that maybe Carson Wentz recognized this and after the practice I saw that he was throwing with a group of receivers. Did you observe that at all or is that something that did you go and, and watch the presser and miss that?
2: Yeah, he was working with Deshaun I believe and uh, some of those guys there. And I think, you know, it's just something they they need to clean up. They need to get that timing. It's the only third, Again, it's, the only, it's only the third day of training camp practice. You know, th- this is yeah. why they have training tra- camp practice in the preseason games to get these kind of issues ironed out. You know, he is new to working with Deshaun, ultimately. And again, as I've said like a billion times on this podcast, this offseason, this is his first training camp with Oshawn Jeffrey for like a full training camp. Um, so those guys, you know, they haven't had those kind of reps extensively before. So you're hoping that thing kind of gets ironed out here.
1: BLG, if I said Dallas Goddard had a day and Nelson Aguilar struggled, would that be pretty accurate? That would be
2: pretty accurate. I think you were almost following me on Twitter here, which I will conveniently plug right now. At Brandon <laughs> Thank you, Mike.
1: Yeah, Goddard
2: just <laughs> looks good, man. He looks awesome. Like, I didn't even put him on my list, like I was talking about the stillness of intriguing players to watch this offseason. Because I already know what to expect. He's going to look off. Awesome. Yeah. Not, there's nothing where like he has a bad day. No, Like you, you just don't see that. He looks great. So that's what I expect from him, and that's what I see from him. Uh, nothing too new on that front. But, yeah, not Nelson Aguilar's best day either. He had a, a deep ball where Carson Wentz could have completed it to him. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins was face guarding him, though. And I don't really think Jenkins got a hand on the ball, but he got enough in Aguilar's way to kind of distract him or make him lose focus or kind of lose track of the ball. And ultimately, the ball fell through Agu- Aguilar's hands. So, not great. Uh, he also had another rep like that where I think he kind of just lost track of the ball as he was trying to make an over-the-shoulder catch along sideline. So, just not his best day in terms of both tracking the ball and/or his hands. You know, not a huge takeaway long term. I think Nelson Aguilar will probably be fine, but just not his best day.
1: When they're going 12 personnel, did you notice who the wide receivers are on the field at that point? Is it Jeffrey and Jackson for the most part? they Are rotating guys uh, in and out to where it's kind of hard to tell?
2: For what I've seen from the most part, you know, I haven't I haven't charted it specifically, but I think it's usually been Deshaun and Oshon. Uh, I think there have been looks where it's been, say, like Deshaun or Nagalor are probably more likely uh, an, an Aush- Aushon. And in Aguilar, but I think for the most part, you know, it's going to be all Sean Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, along with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard on the field.
1: Definitely something to look for when we get into the season and start running all that twelve personnel that I can't wait for. And when we come back here on BGN Radio episode 66, we're going to talk about a love connection between Andre Dillard and Jason Peters. That's up next here on BGN. And we are back here on BGN Radio, episode 66, brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Michael Kist here talking with Brandon Lee Gowton, who had boots on the ground at the NovaCare Complex. And look, one more note from me on the offensive side of the ball. From what I can tell, Andre Dillard, first-round pick, is stuck to the hip of Jason Peters. And Peters has been quoted as saying, quote, at some point, you're going to get replaced anyway, so you might as well help the guy out. And he would go on to say, whenever I leave football, I'll leave it to him because you know how hard you all are on the left tackle, unquote. Not sure if you're going to find a better mentor for Andre Dillard, BLG. Yeah,
2: that's part of what made the Dillard pick so like intriguing in terms of not only is this a talented prospect, but as you talked about uh, with Brandon Thorne and, and other, and even with Ben here on BGN Radio, like the fact that he's going into this situation where he can learn from one of the best offensive tackles in NFL history, a future Hall of Famer in Jason Peters, in addition to Jeff Stoutland, his offensive line coach. So yeah, that's pretty cool right. to see when you're just like watching the guys walk off the field because you know usually guys can, you know, they walk at their own pace or maybe they hang out with some friends or whatever, but you know, it's not always a common thing to see a, a rookie player and a veteran player Chatting like Jason Peters and Andre Dillard were so that's that's just a cool site and uh, Jason Peters has really taken a great approach about that whole thing. I think you have to give JP a lot of credit because you know, this is an industry where you know, it's a a don't eat dog kind of job and world and industry like you you, you don't always expect realistically veteran players to mentor the younger guys because the veteran player is looking out for his career too. like he can't, you know, just like only be there to mentor the young guys who can replace them, Like, you know, because the, the veteran's trying to get paid and have a career too. So you, you have to respect that. And I think with Jason Peters, you know, he's in a situation where he can take the reality of what's going on. He knows he's 37. He knows he could be very well, likely be playing in the last year. And he knows that the Eagles drafted Andre Diller to replace him. And instead of getting mad about that, like some players easily could. And, you know, I would even, I think everyone could understand why that might happen. Uh, He seems to be taking it in stride, and that's always been Jason Peters, by the way. Like He's always been willing to work with the young guys, and not even just the offensive tackles, but like the defensive linemen as well. I remember him working with Derek Barnett when Derek Barnett was a rookie after practice and kind of being out there in the practice field and being like, this is what you need to do. So I think JP is just really a great mentor to have around, in addition to being a valuable player on the field. So uh, you'd like to see that for sure.
1: Absolutely. I had a question for you unrelated to training camp, but like we get to this point and I'm not hearing any noise on Dillard. Is Dillard like the least talked about first rounder that you can remember for the Eagles entering a season?
2: Yeah, it is kind of funny. I think it's just because everyone knows the situation, right? Like everyone knows he's probably not going to play this year, barring injury. There's no projected role for him. And it's just kind of a you know not a fun position like a wide receiver or a <laughs> running back that people are going to be paying attention to not only Eagles fans but also around the league because of fantasy football and whatnot and, and entertainment value you know you're not excited to watch an offensive tackle play like you are those other guys for most people at least uh, yeah so there there isn't a lot of buzz around Andre Dillard which is kind of funny like you said for a first round pick uh, I did notice him on one rep today. Zach Brown came on a blitz, and you know, he's a linebacker, so Andre Dillard should be able to handle him fairly easily. But you know, Zach Brown's a veteran player, he's a strong guy, not slight by any means. For Dillard to kind of handle him easily is nice to see, and uh, that's probably the most I've seen out of him so far. Haven't gotten to see extensively, you know, him work on the one on one reps against the defensive line, which we will be seeing, I'm sure, soon. Mm. And I will be paying attention to that more as training camp rolls along here, especially when the team goes live and whatnot. So, I will be interested to see Andre Dillard, even though he's kind of flying under the radar right now.
1: Any other notes on any other rookies today, be it Miles Sanders, JJ Arcega Whiteside, Sharif Miller? Any of those guys stand out? Or was Sanders participating? Because I didn't really see too many reps concerning him uh, on the timeline when I was following along.
2: Sanders was participating. I did notice he dropped a pass, I think, in two on two. So, not great. You know, it's just one rep, but he was frustrated with himself after that play. I also noticed Miles Sanders get his freaking head almost knocked off when (laughs) Vinny Curry. That's right. um, Just freaking, yeah, he just freaking like clotheslined him. He just exploded into the backfield. And it's definitely one of those like welcome to the NFL rookie cliche moments that uh, you see in training camp every year. Um, Probably good, you know, for Miles Sanders to kind of be humbled like that. Like, hey, man, like, you're coming in here. And and Miles Sanders seems like a humble kid. I'm not saying he's cocky by any means, but. Uh, For Miles Sanders to kind of just, you know, take a rep like that and be reminded like, hey, you know,
1: this is big boy league. This is the NFL. Like things are physical. Things are tough. It's not going to be just like college. You're not you're not playing Duke, as Dave Gettleman said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's amazing. That's a whole thing in itself. But um, yeah, so Vinny, Vinny makes
2: this play. And then. I want to give credit to Vinny here too, not just for his on the field effort, but for what he brings in terms of like, he's just a fun guy to have on the team, not just in terms of covering the team, but I think the players enjoy him too. Like Vinny makes that play and then he gets up and he's doing like the Fortnite dance and he's (laughs) he's just like (laughs) going crazy. That's something that I feel like energizes the defense. Like the whole defense love that. Like then they all start dancing. Uh, That's just nice to have. I feel like in training camp, like it energizes the team and that's something positive to have around.
1: I have one more note, and it's not Eagles-related, but it is a news update. I guess it's Eagles-related. It's a divisional rival. Uh, New York mm. Giants, the wide receiver group, is already kind of beat up. And now Golden Tate is facing a four-game PED suspension. BLG, anything on that or any other notes from uh, from training camp? Go ahead and uh, get it all out there.
2: Well, the Golden Tate thing is funny because, like, was he so, – like, I, I, I saw he put up the statement. That apparently it was related to like the pregnancy thing, like trying like some kind of birth thing um, yeah. going on. But I guess it ultimately kind of doesn't matter. Like the NFL doesn't necessarily care about like right. the reason behind it. You know, if you did an illegal substance, like too bad, uh, tough luck. <laughs> I mean, I think so that if I'm if I'm not wrong here, what I've kind of seen from our our enemies over at Big Blue View, the Giants SB Nation blog, their depth chart without Golden Tate would be something like. Cody Latimer, I guess, is your number yeah. one at that point. Assuming <laughs> Shepard and and Darius Slayton, the rookie, and um, Corey Coleman, you know, are all out too. It'd be it would be uh, Cody Latimer, which is amazing. Benny Fowler is your number two, and honestly, I can even I don't even know who is beyond
1: that at that point. Golden Britain is one of the guys, but he's also dealing with a groin injury. Like the hits just <laughs> keep on coming for this group.
2: <laughs> it's uh, it's amazing, and the, the the front end of their schedule isn't too tough. But I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, they're just, they're bad anyway. <laughs> even if you give them all their receivers, like the Giants, are bad. So the fact that they're not going to have these guys, and even like if Sterling Shepard comes back for week one, which I guess is possible, maybe even probable, like he's still missing time to get reps with Daniel Jones potentially, who could be replacing Eli at some point. Not a, a very good situation for them. And like we covered too, with Zeke missing uh, training camp so far being a holdout, and then, you know, Washington having Jeron Christian as their, their starting left tackle right now. Like this thing is not going so well for the other NFC East teams.
1: Which is fantastic news for the Eagles. BLD, you might as well p- put the schedule out there as far as what next week is looking like, and that'll kind of guide the listeners on what's going to be going on here at BGN because we're always going to be covering these live after-practice training camp updates. Uh, and you're off tomorrow, is that correct? Sunday is a no-practice day?
2: Correct. Uh, I've been working very hard to get me off tomorrow, uh, as well as the rest of the <laughs> Eagles team. Uh, so no practice on Sunday, July what's that 29 or 28th? Uh, they'll be off and yep. the Eagles will return to practice same time 9:15 a.m. a.m. on Monday morning. I'm sure we'll see more pads on again. Once again, I I would think maybe we even get a live session. We will get that at some point in Ooh. camp. Maybe it's as soon as Monday. We'll, we will see. I don't know for sure. Um, So then yeah, they'll be practicing next week Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and thursday before their next off day i believe next friday so uh you know four days in a row coming up after this off day
1: so if there's practice we'll be recording about it talking about it here on bgn radio make sure you smash the subscribe button and continue to follow along with us thank you for joining us in our training camp coverage here at bleeding green nation we will catch you next time B G N.